Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast. Here to amplify diverse voices in media, I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. It is listed on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere you can find podcasts. You can also stream the episodes directly from the website abouttoreview.com, which is where you can find full links to the show notes and guests. Follow the podcast on social media at About to Review on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube.com slash About to Review. What is funny is when I'm in the studio by myself, I always feel like I like breeze through that. And when I'm editing it, I'm all like, and then it. <laughs> and even when somebody is in the studio like there is this week, I don't know. I still feel like I rush through it. I'm just judging you. Just sitting here watching and judging. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, on this week's episode, I am joined once again by Just Jed. I'm back, me! <laughs> uh, we are going to be talking about Triple Frontier, which is a new movie starring Oscar Isaacs. Uh, Oscar Isaac. I always want to say Isaacs. Isaacs, yeah. Oscar Isaacs. I think because there was a frozen yogurt place where I grew up called Isaacs. Oh, man, that was one of uh, my questions. <laughs> right. Oscar Isaac, Ben Affleck, Pedro Pascal, Charlie Hunnam, bunch of folks. It is in a theater right now in a limited release, but then it hits Netflix this Friday. So I have I got a chance to see that at a press screening. Jed has not seen that yet. Uh, maybe a little bit of conversation about Russian Doll, the new Natasha Leone uh, Netflix show, which is eight episodes and 24 minutes each. So pretty quick watch but then the other part of this episode is going to be a getting to know that guy named john uh slash ask me anything that's why i'm here segment uh hosted by just jed (laughs) i'm gonna ask you all the things (laughs) it is so there was something i put up on my facebook page uh and on twitter last week just asking you know if people had any questions about me or for me because of all of the people that I have interviewed and had on the podcast, and there have been dozens and dozens, there has never been a getting to know John. <laughs> so Just that guy. You know. Yeah, so there were a bunch of great questions that were submitted, so we will go through some of those a little bit later. We might be doing a Facebook Live version of this, which will not matter for the people listening to this, <laughs> because this is just the audio version. You missed out, sorry. <laughs> uh, but potentially go back on my Facebook page, and you can see that. So cool. So before we get into the geek news and the reviews, we'll go to the original theme song created by Damien Randall of Ill-Mannered Media. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. First bit of geek news. So remember back in the day mm-hmm. with VHS tapes, it went in a VCR <laughs> <laughs> and Disney would have this Disney vault. New from the Disney vault. Exactly. And they would re-release a classic Disney movie for like six months. Buy it when you can because then it would go back in the vault. Can we disagree that this was a complete and total scam? 100%. Okay, great. Great. 100%. Fantastic. It would go back in the vault for yep. like 10 years and then suddenly they'd be like, now you can buy it again. It was like, come on. <laughs> Mulan is back. Right. But it worked. 
So, yeah. so many people growing up. I remember when Fox and the Hound like got you know taken out of the vault and people just bought it like crazy. <laughs> just picture like them t- starting to take Song of the South and like no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> that one goes back in that, that one stays. <laughs> yeah, oof. But with the new Disney Plus streaming service, it is now 2019, <laughs> and Disney basically announced that their entire platform, not platform, their entire library mm-hmm. is going to be on the Disney Plus platform. I have no idea how that is possible. I genuinely do not, because just the sheer server volume oh, yeah. that you need to have, not just to house the, what is it, 80 years of movies? When did Disney right. oh, I mean, first... Uh, uh, Snow White was 27, right? 1927? Let me see. Disney. <laughs> is what I Google. <laughs> you, sir, are a king among movie review critics. <laughs> How would I start the new? When did Disney buy Marvel? No. I feel like when this is announced, millions of stay-at-home parents suddenly screamed for joy. Right. And then... <laughs> yeah, so October 16th, 1923. 23. Oh. So... That is an insane amount of media oh, yeah. that you have. Plus, you not just are housing the media, this terabytes and terabytes of media. It is now on streaming platforms, so people are going to be accessing it all over the world. This is insane. I, well, John, I hate to break this to you, but I think Disney has a little bit of money. <laughs> so I think they've been able to kind of scrounge around a little bit, check the couch cushions at mm-hmm. Eisner's place, you know. I think they're going to be okay. Well, I just imagine... Uh, I think, is it Epcot Center? Uh-huh. Is that the one in Flo- Flo- Florida? Florida. Florida. It's it's yeah. <laughs> I imagine Epcot Center at some point is just going to peel open like an orange <laughs> and Walt Disney is just going to emerge from the grave. <laughs> so, but yeah, so they announced that their entire catalog is going to be on the Disney Plus service. I think the, they're going to roll it out mm-hmm. um, in chunks, but they I think they said by the end of the year or by 2020, everything would be on there. That's nuts madness my question is is marvel because that explains where the defenders went uh so they have not really talked much about their original programming as far Mm -hmm. as bringing those over right uh this is mainly backlog stuff Mm -hmm. and what about the new do we know anything about the new scarlet witch uh, potential series or loki never happening uh the loki is the loki show is happening the loki show uh Hi guys, tonight's the Loki show. Oh, please give him uh, a Bob Barker long mic, like from Price is Right. <laughs> that would be amazing. Some wild and crazy stuff. Uh, so I mean, yeah, they have talked about things, but they yeah. have not done anything like hardline. Right. The Loki show will sure. be <laughs> eight I, episodes. I mean, you there's know, so many out, uh, kind of companies that Disney owns now with Pixar, Marvel. Absolutely. Well, and so as of recording, they also announced tonight. Not put this in the news, but as of I think March twentieth. The Fox deal is official. Oh, really? Like, it is 100% signed, sealed, delivered. They are getting a share, like a chunk of Hulu from that. Wow. Uh, Fox is going to keep, so 20th Century Fox will cease to exist. Fox will still exist, like Fox News, Fox Sports, and I think one other, like the Fox subsidiaries. Mm -hmm. But as of the 20th... Mm. Like, it is official, boom, done. Disney owns another multinational, multimedia company. Yeah. Let's see, March 20th, as the end game comes out the 25th of April, that's a month. You can get an extra scene in there, right? 
or they already had it done <laughs> and just wait and they did, they had to wait until they yeah we will see but yeah so i mean this this mm-hmm. disney plus service at first i was like Ugh, another streaming service mm-hmm. then i started looking at what they already have and what they're going to have like take my money like we know we're going to pay the extra 10.99 or whatever it is like it they're going to get all of our money yeah, yeah. so but yeah so it was pretty awesome uh, a company not owned by Disney, Amazon, <laughs> a little young upstart company from here in Seattle. Never heard of them. Uh, have been developing a Lord of the Rings TV show, which I am 100% on board with. Oi, John. Uh, <laughs> I'm real excited. Am I going to be disappointed? Probably. Yes. Answer is yes. Uh, but again, Amazon has money. Yeah, a little bit. Occasionally. I just... So I'm excited for this, but the Lord of the Rings TV show they announced is going to take place during the Second Age. Right. Jed, quick, ask me what the Second Age was all about. Uh, Jen, what's the Second Age of the uh, Lord of the Rings universe of Middle Earth? So the Second Age started at... No. Basically, the Second Age is a period of time that even J.R.R. Tolkien did not spend a lot of time in. So the Silmarillion mm-hmm. was the first age. Mm-hmm. That was the Valar. That was basically creating the world itself. The second age was the last war of the Alliance. I know when it ends. Yes, it ends with obviously the one ring being cut off the finger. We see that in the trailer or in the trailers. We see that in the films. That is the second age. So they updated a map on their Twitter account. It had Numenor on it, which the fall of Numenor was the greatest kingdom of men. That was where Aragorn came from in his line, Isildur's heir. Uh, <laughs> I'll be taking his lunch money later. Don't worry, folks. Right. And so with this, I like that it takes place in this period where they have freedom. Sure. They can kind of tell whatever they want and mention some of those legacy characters without messing anything up. Mm-hmm. Like this is a prequel that really cannot go wrong. <laughs> because we uh, okay oh, let, let, me, let me rephrase let me rephrase <laughs> before somebody takes that sound bite in two right. years from now, like this guy said it could not go wrong as far as the timeline as far as where the story goes they could focus on so many different aspects in the second age mm-hmm. and just roll with it we know what happened in the third age because those were the movies mm-hmm. so they yeah as far as the timeline can I really mess it up I'm excited for it I'm just going to I'm going to show up at your house and just kind of kick you in the shin mm-hmm. when we watch that and it's like, "Oh, this is my son, Legolas." And it's like this 2-year-old kid. Oh, it is going to happen. I'm going to be in a car just, <laughs> just angry driving. I mean, well, and that other thing is like Aragorn Okay. Oof. Uh-huh. So, in theory is around, right? Not necessarily. Not not during this part. Ugh. It gets real depending on what timeline they go with because he he would not be around because he was Isildur's heir. Right. But again, they, they very well could be like, take my son to Rivendell so he can be safe. Yes. I mean, it... Aragorn, that sounds like a great name to name my kid that yet's been born. <laughs> right. So, or LSR, as he became known when he was the crowned king of the oh, United of Kingdom of yeah, Rohan and Gondor. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, takes place during the Second Age. I'm excited because they have some leeway. Mm-hmm. This is not, you're not going to get people like me being like, no, they did not do it this way. Actually, you still will. Yes. But I will not be able to compare it with a book. <laughs> so, like, uh, recently I was talking about The Wheel of Time. Right. Is getting made into a, a show, which. I know. I'm excited, <laughs> but I'm, I'm scared, John. They have like 50 books, like. 13, I think, 12 or 13. Oh, gosh. That, see, that 
is going to get torn apart. Oh, yeah. From the first episode to the trailer, as soon as they start introducing people, a bunch of nerds are going to be like, that is not right and blah, blah. With this show taking place in the second age, right. just kind of go with it. Make Get solid writers, get solid directors, give it some money, and it does not have to be a big battle scene every episode. Mm-hmm. Just get solid writing. I think that what like Game of Thrones proves it's like you don't need to stick to the books. Like the source material mm-hmm. should not be looked at as the be all end all. Right. It's a different medium. It's gonna be play it's gonna play differently. So regardless of what the world is, like you said, as long as it's good writing, okay, great. Yeah. But I just don't want that to be like there's a Witcher series coming out. There's yeah, the, with Henry Cavill in a terrible wig. Yes. In and, his like test footage. <sighs> Oof. And then, like, another uh, Game of Thrones, uh, like mm-hmm. a prequel series. Yep. It's, all this is like, I don't know. I don't know a lot, John. Yeah, I'm it is going to be interesting. One thing that I also do not know about, mm. Suicide Squad 2. Mm. Sorry, uh, by law, I have to say, Oscar-winning <laughs> sequel <laughs> to Suicide Squad. What are we, some kind of Suicide Squad movie? Oh, yeah. So, Suicide Squad 2. Will Smith announced recently that he was out for scheduling reasons. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, darn. Now, what is interesting is they very easily could have just dropped Deadshot. Mm-hmm. Bring in somebody else. You know, th- they could do that. Bring in Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. Like, have him be a part of it. Oh, totally. Instead, they recast. <laughs> True. Idris Elba. Yes. Is now... and. They- I have yet to see him confirm this, so these days mm. I am I'm a little bit leery. But at least as of right now, James Gunn has talked about Idris Elba being Deadshot in this new Suicide Squad movie. I'm just waiting because there's also rumors of uh, Batista being in it mm-hmm. as well. So it's just going to be like, well, you know, we're it's Suicide Squad, but in space, and uh, they have to guard a galaxy. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, mm, that's the ticket. <laughs> that's the ticket. So yeah, this is. Interesting. Uh, the thing was, Suicide Squad by itself, like they talked about in the first movie, that they were forming this group in case somebody goes crazy. They were talking about Superman. Right. Like in case Superman goes crazy. What the hell is the Suicide Squad <laughs> going to do against Superman? It's in the name, John. Nothing. Like <laughs> there is a suicide. <laughs> cannon fodder. But none of them, like they would last two seconds. The ones I've chosen, yes. I mean, completely. So magic, I mean, Superman, his other vulnerability is not just to kryptonite, but to magic. Which they don't, haven't really Diablo, technically, it could be magic. Sure. Um, I mean, Encha- she was- Enchantress. Enchantress is magic. So, I mean, they could, but come on now. Just dumb. I just, I still don't know about this movie. James Gunn is directing it on board and rewriting a script. I, I like I'm sure he is. He probably oh. looked at that one. Went, no <laughs> shredder just immediately. <laughs> so we will see. But Idris Elba, I'm all, as of right now, is in Suicide Squad too. Anything Idris Elba in has my attention. Sold. Yeah, absolutely. I mean Zootopia. That was why I watched Zootopia. He <laughs> was great. He was fantastic. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that is interesting. Uh, Richard Pryor. So South by Southwest is going on right now. Bunch of movies are getting their world premiere. Us. Got, the, got its world premiere at South by Southwest, whole bunch of other films, and I Am Richard Pryor, a documentary about, obviously, life and times of Richard Pryor, is having its South by Southwest debut, and then it drops on, I want to say, because I'm looking at my notes, uh, March 15th hmm. on 
Paramount Network, but then on the same day it goes to Comedy Central. I am very interested in this documentary. I love Richard Pryor. He is one of those comedians where you go back and watch some of his stuff, and it is incredibly problematic. Oh yeah, I mean, with today's lens. But at the same time, like he talked very openly about his own troubles, and he had a very complicated life oh, with addiction yeah. and yeah, just substance abuse in general. Mm-hmm. This is a documentary that if they go dark with it, which they need to do, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. This is not really one where they can go kind of light and fluffy. There was a part of this I Am documentary series. There was an I Am Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Really well done. I mean, I have been watching all of his stuff and reading books about him forever, but it was kind of it was kind of fluffy. And he had some very dark things happen. There's a Chris Farley one, also very dark. So, but I I am on board for this Richard Pryor documentary. Yeah. Uh, switching to two pseudo animated things. One animated, one kind of sorta. I mean, basically. Yeah. Uh, Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> is an animated movie that is coming out in the spring. They did not really give any dates. Uh, it is coming out on video on demand. Is Idris Elba in it? No. Not, <laughs> not that I know of. Oh. He is Splinter. I, um, I, it, I am there. <laughs> yeah, so, so I would be there too. So this is actually based off of a comic book series they did in like 2015, 2016. I just, I am totally on board with Batman versus the Ninja Turtles. I mean, you kind of got me already. Who Do we know who's playing Batman? Uh, Troy Baker, who did the voice okay. for Arkham mm-hmm. Origins. Mm-hmm. So as close to Kevin Conroy... As we can get. It's Troy Baker doing his Kevin Conroy. Absolutely. Well, even so much like when you watch the trailer, which is linked below, when Batman first talked, you're like, Kevin Conroy. Then like he says three other lines. And you're like, oh, Troy Baker. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I'm it, sorry, Troy Baker. <laughs> I mean, it is real close, but it, it just is not the same. Kevin Conroy is the voice of Batman. Yeah. I mean, he, he has been since 1992. When the animated series came out, he always will be. I think that's a very much a generational thing, but I'm 100% Absolutely. behind you. I yeah. mean, that and Mark Hamill as Joker. Yep. Yeah, and so this Batman versus Ninja Turtles, you have Splinter and or you have uh, Shredder and Ra's al Ghul teaming up together for some convoluted reason. Who knows? Yeah. Who cares? But at one point, we get to see Batman like he drops down from the shadows and he looks at the turtles and he goes, "Ninja Turtles," <laughs> nailed it on board. And then they they're like, "Oh, we have to stop this guy." And he was like, "You're welcome to try," it. and he just throws them around everywhere. What are we, some kind of teenage mutant ninja turtles? <laughs> right. Very on the nose. So I'm on board for that. So that should be coming out on DVD and video on demand in the spring. Uh, and then the last, or one of the last bits of news, so Aladdin. The movie that had an animated bit that we saw, or animated movie, of course, but then in the teaser trailer, there's a little, little bit of animation of Will Smith as the genie, <laughs> and it looked awful. Yeah, he kind of blew it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was it was real, real bad. Uh, this they finally dropped their official full length trailer. The animators, the computer programmers, whatever they were using for the past <laughs> week, have just been sweating bullets. It looks infinitely better. Mm-hmm. So I really am not sure if that Super Bowl teaser was just kind of rushed because they're like, we bought this ad spot. It and it's been... millions of dollars. We got to get it out there. Yeah, it easily could have been early animation, not fully yeah. rendered all the way. They do that all the time with trailers. For sure, because it is dramatically different. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it shows the full city of Agrabah, 
Uh, we see Jasmine, we see Jafar, we see the genie doing his Fresh Prince Will Smith <laughs> kind of version of things. The one thing that took me out of the trailer, and I, I hate that it took me out, mm. was when they start singing A Whole New World. Mm. Like something about it, it just, it was so schmaltzy kind of right away. Interesting. Uh, that being said, I mean, of course I am seeing this. Oh, they got to hit the notes, you know? Yeah, th- they the do. the trailer and, at least. Yeah, and and they do, and you, we see Aladdin kind of parkouring his way through uh-huh. the city. Uh, There's actually like a funny line or two, like mm-hmm. with the genie, with like I, you know, I can make you a prince. prince, right? Boom, prince. Hey guys, where's my castle? Love right. that. I actually like cracked up out loud. You know, it was like there's a lot of gray area in between. <laughs> can you make me a prince? It's like it, it. It gives me more faith after this trailer. Yeah, because that first one, yikes. Yeah, <laughs> I still, it still is an issue to me. The kind of the colorism. Uh, mm. aspect of it I will be interested to see the greater world the greater city of Agrabah mm-hmm. to see kind of how the different shades are represented okay because so far all of our main characters are very light mm, I gotcha so we will see about that if there are our dark skin characters in here and they're all servants I'm gonna have a real problem with that so are we talking dark as in blue or <laughs> <laughs> right well so far we only see one uh but yeah, so I mean, of course I'm excited. I love Aladdin. This gives me more faith than it did before, than the teaser did. Than the teaser did. I'm looking forward to the inevitable Aladdin 2 when they replace Will Smith as the genie with Idris Elba. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which would be amazing. <laughs> Which I'm totally there for. Oh my gosh. Return of Jafar. Introduction of Idris Elba. <laughs> The Return of Jafar, Prince of Thieves. Uh, Prince, Prince of Thieves, Thieves was number third. three, right, which sorry. was actually pretty solid. Yeah. Return of Jafar was not good. The Idris Elba, though, would take I me. Mean, um, yeah, whatever. that would be incredible. Uh, and then the last bit. So Captain Marvel opened last weekend to gangbusters. <laughs> uh, all the monies. All of the money. So domestically, it made $164 million. Globally, it made three twenty-five dollars for a four-day total of $490 million. <laughs> I mean, but it really is too bad. I mean, with Black Panther and with this, <laughs> I mean, like they don't have anything else that's coming up on the horizon. To well, it just, a- I mean, it it just it makes me sad because with Black Panther and Captain Marvel, we now know that movies with women in the leads and people of color in the leads are just not going to make money. Flops, man. I mean, they just why make them? I I mean, I definitely did not want to see it at midnight this weekend. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, as a white male, it was like, no, no, this offends my sensibilities and definitely did not. Oh, I actually did see it. Yeah. So it made all the money. Was it the best Marvel movie? No. Yeah. And, and you can go back to last week's episode and listen to that review. But it was still a solid entry into this. It sets the stage for some other things. Of all of these kind of fill-in-the-gap movies, mm-hmm. it felt the most contained mm-hmm. with the least amount of hand-holding. Whereas Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, it was very much, okay, we need to tie X, Y, and Z together. Mm-hmm. This is how we do it. Well, and then relying on having Brie Larson and Sam Jackson, their chemistry was fantastic. Yeah. And that inter- all their interactions together were really, really good. And to kind of lead the movie with, again, like you said, you know, a female lead and person of color cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the, those are the two main characters, and they completely sold the movie. It made it a really fun ride. Yeah, yeah. So good for you guys. I do think that I do think it will have like maybe not a second week drop, but like weeks three and four might drop a little bit. But then Endgame comes out at the end of April. Mm-hmm. This might make the run all the way up to Endgame. Like if 
because not much is coming out right now in March and April. So we always talk about kind of theater space, like physical screens. They only have so many. Right. If this makes it close to Endgame, those two weeks leading up to Endgame, Captain Marvel is going to see another big boost. Oh, yeah. Everybody's going to want to see it right before the Endgame, lead right into it. Yeah. So, yeah, good good for that young upstart company, <laughs> Disney. <laughs> Too bad they're going to be, you know, not doing anything with all that money. Right. It, I mean, I do think that at one point the geek news is just going to do the Disney news as they buy every other company <laughs> on the planet. So, ugh, yeah. I'm just waiting for the check for the buying the podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> About to be brought to you by Disney, the hey, family man, company. I, I mean, I got bills to pay, so <laughs> I might be okay with that. Even though people like to think that, you know, all critics are shills for Disney anyway. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So the first movie on the docket is Triple Frontier. So this is directed by J.C. Shandor. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right. Chandor or Shandor... One of those, perhaps. Uh, he was an Oscar-nominated director for the movie. Uh, what was it? I cannot even write, read my own handwriting. What is going on? Um, but yeah, he was nominated for an Oscar for screenplay for Margin Call back in 2011. So definitely, like he knows how to knows how to put together a film. So Triple Frontier basically tells the story of. Five really good friends and former special ops soldiers who have now retired from the military and are just kind of not floundering, but trying to find their place in the world. I am not generally a fan of the rah-rah America movies. Right. Even, I mean, I'm not even a fan of 20th century war movies because it just, I just do not like it. He prefers Second Age War movies. I do, in fact. Well, because in the Second Age, what you could actually do is <laughs> if you show the... You know, yeah. <laughs> right. There you go. Um, but with this, it actually takes that idea of these group of soldiers going on this heist mission in various South American countries and actually has a really solid message. And you see part of it in the trailer when Oscar Isaac was like, if we worked at any other... Any other type of industry, and we did what we did for this job, we would be retired. We would be set for life. But they were soldiers, and their job was taking orders. Once you are done with that, you have this incredible set of skills, like Liam Neeson, and you have you you have limited opportunities to use that in the real world. And that is something that, to this day, a lot of soldiers are faced with. Like, I mean, and I know soldiers who have come back from various deployments, whether it was overseas or even domestically, they get out and they have incredible things on their resume in one area. And then they're like, but I can kind of do these other things. So it takes that idea and that is where it goes for it. There is not. So Peter Berg likes to do this in all of his movies, like Boston Marathon and all of those. You, where you see an American flag every, like, 10 minutes. You do not really get that in this. And I like that quite a bit. One of the characters actually says, he was like, if we do this mission in this foreign country and we steal this money, we're not, we do not have the flag on our back. Nobody knows we're here. Nobody can know we're here. If we succeed, you cannot go back to your life as it was. That was kind of it. 
So you get the brotherhood aspect of the military and of that family aspect without the rah-rah America. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated that. It was done definitely with the deft hand. And since this is one of those things that a lot of people in the Academy are getting all weird about, this is a Netflix-produced film where it has a limited run in theaters and then drops on Netflix this Friday. If you are going to watch this, watch it in a theater. Mm. Like, the cinematography was beautiful. So, because they're filming in the jungles, they're filming outside, everything felt real and organic. The one... One of the issues that I have with this as far as a heist movie, and this happens at a lot of heist movies, at one point, somebody gets shot. <laughs> Actually, well, okay, a few people get shot in this. That one of the characters who gets shot, you think is not going to make it. And you're uh, like, oh, okay. and it, you see them kind of going pale and just bleeding out and they can stuff something on it, wrap it up. Go on without me. Right. <laughs> then they go days and days and... and Never gets talked about again. Never gets mentioned. You never see the person like do something difficult and be like, oof, my side. No, they, they just is done is gone. Hmm. Like they do not reference it anymore. You are traipsing through a jungle, a South American jungle, even if it was a through and through and it, the, you do not have a bullet currently in your body. You are bleeding quite a bit and you just stuffed a t-shirt there and you were good. Okay. Like, so th- mm. that was the willing suspension of disbelief in this film is pretty low because these are just regular soldiers doing a regular <laughs> breaking, entering heist of a South American drug lord, uh, you know, drug you know, cartel. The right. regular day. The regular thing. But everything feels real. Like, you never really get crazy night vision, you know, scenes. Everything is very low tech, everything feels grounded. Hmm. So when you have a character who gets a debilitating wound and you get concerned for him because you have some buy-in for this character and then everything is fine. And like towards the end, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you were shot. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was, it was still solid. The cast is great. So yeah, Ben Affleck, Charlie Hunnam, Oscar Isaac, Garrett, Isaac, Oscar Isaac, there's only one of him, <laughs> Garrett Hudland, Pedro Pascal. Where are they? Uh, <laughs> So good chemistry between everybody. And I felt like it was really balanced because mm. when you have these five soldiers, a lot of times you can fall into the archetypes of the bruiser and the sniper and the this and that. Oh, like that one horrible, horrible movie we watched that will go unnamed. Oh, the T-Rex one? Yeah. Yeah. Jurassic Dead. Yeah. Uh, oh, I named it. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. This one, everybody is balanced. So you have like the recon guys, but there is not the definitive like, all right, you know, take him out from a mile away while Blockbuster knocks down the doors. <laughs> so I liked that also. So it was just, it was a really well done ensemble, beautiful cinematography, a pretty much get in, steal the money, get out, but with some different layers. So, and it transfers, not transfers, it transcends the general kind of heist movie into mm-hmm. then a survival movie, then into a brotherhood movie and in very easy transitions. So, but yeah, so yeah, that, that was kind of it. It is on Netflix this Friday. So you can check that out. The official rating for the about to review podcast. There are three choices. Wait, what? I know, right? No letter grades, no stars, none of that. Three choices are good, bad, or ugly. 
A good film was something you would recommend to a friend. A bad film was something you did not really regret seeing, but not something that you would immediately recommend. And an ugly is avoid at all costs. Uh, this one surprised me because it is a modern war-ish movie. It has those kind of feelings of it. And I went into this preparing to kind of not... I just... I Sure. I was just not very excited in that way, but the cast made me want to see it. Since it did not have those aspects, since the cast was really well done, this definitely gets a good for me. If you are in an area where you can see it in the theater, I would recommend that. Even though most people have a nice big TV these days, definitely try and see this in the theater. Like, it looked gorgeous. So, yeah, so Triple Frontier gets a good from me. Uh, now, real quick, we will talk about Russian Doll, which is a Netflix TV show. Eight episodes, 24 minutes each. Uh, this was created by Leslie Headland, Natasha Leone, and Amy, or no, Jamie Babbitt, and Natasha Leone, like I said. Uh, that was sort of the directing. It has a whole bunch of writers on there. The link to the IMDb will be in the description below. But this is basically a Groundhog's Day for the modern age. I mean, almost like literally. <laughs> yeah, except without without as much control. Yeah. So basically, Natasha Leone, she is at this party. She gets hit by a car leaving the party and then wakes up essentially mm-hmm. back in the bathroom where she was, where we see this show starting. It goes in a cycle where she keeps dying and repeating the same day or same 24, 12 to 24 hours. What is interesting is as opposed to Groundhog's Day where Bill Murray was in control. Where he, well, in the sense of once he kind of knew what he was doing, he was like, mm. all right, well, uh, I guess I, for me, for this to go on, like it just, it would, it was a time based thing. Right. So he could kind of do whatever he wanted knowing that at a certain time it would just reset. Right. With this, she dies mm-hmm. multiple times in ways that she was not expecting, in ways that like she was just kind of very final destination esque deaths. A in few, a way. yeah, a few of them for sure. But she was just like, as she is starting to piece this together, she would be in the middle of like getting a clue or figuring a piece of the puzzle and then die and then get back to the bathroom. And she would be like, man, like, <laughs> come on. So in eight episodes, I really liked this kind of anthology, not anthology. I really liked the pacing of it mm-hmm. because we get her kind of going through things and then another character that she gets introduced to. You know, they kind of start having a different uh, perspective of things. Yeah. And she keeps going on. And we really start to dig into her character. And we find out that she maybe is not this as vapid or as self-centered right. as we thought she was. How much of that is a coping mechanism? How much of that is stuff that she might not even remember? So paced really well. Natasha Delany is great. Like, I forget that she, I think she has one or two Emmys. For writing. Mm. Um, let me look that up before I just make that up completely. Uh, let me see. Nominated. So she was nominated for one primetime Emmy for Orange is the New Black, for playing Nikki Nichols. And then, yeah, she has won a bunch of like smaller awards. So yeah, she was the creator of this, one of the creators. She was one of the writers of this. Along with Amy Poehler. Yeah, along with Amy Poehler. Like, she is great. And... When I was like, when I was watching this, and I was like, I feel like some of this is similar to her real life. And then I looked it up. 
she pulls a lot from her real life. Hmm, as far as like the school that she went to, uh, some of her family stuff is mentioned in there. Because Natasha Leone, in real life, she has had to go through the fire. Mm-hmm. Like she has had some substance abuse problems that are very well documented. She has talked about them. Her character has substance abuse problems, whether or not she is admitting it or not. So when you can pull from that and kind of bring it into a show like this and have it make sense, that was impressive. So, and you have not had a chance to finish it yet, right? No, I'm about uh, four upper five episodes in, I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the good thing is you can knock that out yeah, in a couple hours and you are done. Yeah. So, but yeah, so for Russian Doll, uh, I give this a good as well. Like, I really enjoyed this. And it's, it is something where when it ends, I was okay with it. Like, if this is all we ever get from this, mm-hmm. totally fine. Hmm. It was not something where... We get it, and it was like, oh, I wonder if they could have done X, Y, and Z. Having a beginning, middle, and end in eight episodes, get it done, solid. Which is rare today, I feel like. Everything wants Absolutely. to be open. Yeah, and this this kind of, I mean, pretty much closes, you know, the, the, the not the loop. Yeah, it kind of closes the loop. Mm. So, but yeah, so it gets good from me. All right. Uh, now... Folks, <laughs> the time you have been waiting for, the getting to know you, slash me, uh, slash ask me anything section of the show. All right. Welcome to the about to review uh, ask me anything. I am just Jed. I'm here <laughs> with that guy named John, and I'm going to ask him the questions that you asked me to ask him, and hopefully <laughs> he will answer them. We'll find out. yeah that that sounds right yeah that sums it up about right um so i'm gonna start off with just when this is a question from a good friend of ours named abby oh yes you might have heard of her once or twice Uh uh-huh why uh when did you start podcasting and why so i started podcasting in april of 2016 and the why was basically i kept having these same conversations about mm-hmm. movies and about how much I love movies and all of these things pretty much since I was a child. <laughs> and then when I finally, like, I'd, I'd been listening to podcasts for a decade mm. and talking to my friends about, like, man, it would be really cool to do a podcast. Uh, and they were like, okay, so do it. And I will always credit Tim Hall, People's Critic, for being that person who every time we would talk about it, because he had been a credentialed member of the press for a long time. And he was like, okay, what is stopping you? And I was like, well, the time, and he was like, what is stopping you? So I just finally, I bought the equipment and I I had to just start and I had to just go. Mm -hmm. So that, I mean, that was the reason is I wanted to have a creative outlet. I was desperately seeking a creative outlet at the time. And then I wanted to be able to share it with my friends. So that was, yeah, so April 2016 was when I first launched. I recorded some episodes a couple months before them that I have never shared <laughs> uh, with uh, Dr. Andy uh, that uh-huh. were only like 20 minutes. Man, those are a rough 20 minutes. <laughs> just like as I was as I was listening to those recently, I was like, I'm not sure if I would ever release these. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was the that was the beginnings of the About Tree View podcast. Nice. I remember at Uptown Espresso mm-hmm. when we were playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. And you were talking about like, oh, I got this movie review podcast that I'm thinking about doing. It's going to come out. And just kind of going from back in that day and talking to you about it over a cup of coffee and you know, some die. 
<laughs> to like here, you know, was this episode one fifty one? This is episode yeah one fifty one. A total. I've released a total of one hundred and eighty episodes, uh, and that combines the about to review episodes, the about to interview episodes. So in less than three years, one hundred and eighty episodes. Nice. <laughs> Which is a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. That's great. Yeah. Um, speaking of equipment. Uh-huh. This is, I think, very important for any movie reviewer. Mm. What is your... And you've spoken... Uh, you're an outspoken vegan. Right. Um, you know... I guess not really outspoken. Not I outspoken. don't really talk about it that much, but you're, yeah. You're very open about it. You're right. being a vegan. Yes. You're not, you're not uh, you know, carrying a torch and a pitchfork, but you are, <laughs> right. a, you know, a self-proclaimed vegan. Uh, right. What is your go-to movie snack? My go-to movie snack uh, I do not go to the theater. Not okay. Wait, let me start that over again. So when I go to the theater, which is like three to four times a week, mm-hmm. I have to get popcorn. Mm. I love popcorn. <laughs> and what I do because I'm weird is I bring in my own jar of nutritional yeast that I put on said popcorn. So <laughs> I will fill the popcorn. And I this is my other thing that I do. Every theater I go to is I get them to fill it half full. So I put butter and salt in the middle. By butter, I mean oil. Right, is it I good mean, for you? Not... No. Is <laughs> it popcorn? Good. And is it essential to popcorn? Yes. So butter and salt in the middle. They fill it back up. More butter and salt on top. And then nutritional yeast from a shaker that I bring to every theater as I eat it during the movie. The first movie I saw with you when you brought out the shaker. And you're like, <laughs> oh, it's nutritional yeast. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. So I, the... Get, I get that question a lot. It tastes good. I tried some. Yeah. It tastes, it tastes very good. I, I recommend everybody out there try that. It tastes pretty good. <laughs> so yeah, my go-to movie snack, absolutely popcorn. I get it every time. And so I normally still have some left. Uh-huh. And this actually goes back to childhood. Uh, my mom, so my whole family loves movies. We always okay. did. We would host movie parties at our house. We would go to the movies at a fa- as a family. My mom did not always go with us. Mm-hmm. So my dad and I would go see a bunch of movies. And whenever we would have popcorn left, we would bring it home. And my mom would love it. She'd be like, oh, thanks for bringing me popcorn. I would just munch on it to this day i will still bring home like part of the bag of popcorn my mom is not here my mom does not live with me i don't <laughs> live with my mom she lives hundreds of miles away but it is so ingrained in me of like oh, i have popcorn left i should bring it home to mom oh yeah that's kind of sweet and i sometimes will call my dad and i would be like hey just got out of the theater and brought home some popcorn for mom and he was like good job son <laughs> like i'm not going to mail it to her that would be weird that is adorable, for the record. Oh, thank uh, you. Uh, how, where does Cinerama's chocolate popcorn fit in on it? I got to ask. Never had it. Never. Uh, is it not vegan? I, I thought it was. Do not. I I think it might be vegan, but I also do not really do sugar, mm. and so I really do not know. Um, oh, that was weird. My my computer was. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, God. Yes, Overlord. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I. I've never had the chocolate popcorn at Cinerama. I know that that is like a big Seattle thing of like, oh, chocolate popcorn Cinerama. I, I have never had it. I think it's good. So it is one of those things where I, quote unquote, do not know what I am missing. Well, I recommend the 50-50 split. But anyway, that question was asked by uh, Don Shanahan. I apologize in advance if I mispronounce anybody's name. I'm just going off the list here. <laughs> so sorry about that. Um Let's keep going with the kind of movie talk because this is a movie review podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is like your, uh, where's the question? What is your, what trope is like the one that annoys you the most? That like the question is enough to drop a movie down a grade in your eyes. Oh, from, you know, Uh, good to bad, bad to ugly. Like what's the thing? It is hard to pinpoint 
a thing. Mm. Um, I really am not a fan of rom-coms and mm. and other super cheesy films like that okay. along those lines. So if there is some dialogue that is just too schmaltzy, that can be rough. Um, well, as as we have seen recently in movies, <laughs> uh, white saviorism mm. gets real old. Uh, and I just, I'm not... Well, I'm glad I could be here to help elevate your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Fair, fair. (laughs) You're welcome. Right. Uh, Yeah, so a specific trope, it really just, yeah, super schmaltzy, like saccharine Mm. dialogue. It just, no. Have you ever changed your mind or regretted a review that you gave? So I, I try not to have regrets just in life in general because there's nothing I can do about it. Sure. If it is something that happened, like I cannot go back and change it. So why kind of regret it? I can change behaviors that maybe led to that, but a regret, yeah, I, I try not to do that. Um, as far as a film, I mean, a, a recent example. Okay. So Green Book. <laughs> um, <laughs> you've never spoken of that before. I know, right? Uh, that that pseudo controversial movie. That episode I recorded directly after the screening. Okay. And I try not to do that because it does not give me enough time to really process. I'm writing my notes in the theater right after. And then I come to the studio, press record and go. So that does disservice to kind of me and also the film when I have to do it. So I try and avoid it. So with that, I gave it a good. And I do believe that there are good aspects of that film. Okay. Mahershala Ali, great in it. Viggo Mortensen, also also really good in it. But the more, like, then after, like, I recorded that episode, gave it a good set. It was an easy recommendation. Talked about it with Matt Oaks. And we talked about it for a while. And talked about how it, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. The whole time. For it to really kind of play into the magical Negro white savior isms. And it did a little bit, but not all the way. Then (laughs) after I had already recorded the episode, posted the episode, then I did more research. Right. And then I was like, Oh, (laughs) so this is not really what happened. And this is not an accurate depiction. And Mahershala even admitted like talking to the family and saying sorry and being like, he did not do the research necessary. So again, regret. Mm-hmm. I, I don't regret the review I gave it, but it is something that I look back on being like, my opinion of the movie changed. Sure. Significantly once I had some time to do some research and look into it. A little context. Yeah. So yeah, so that, that would be a recent example of not a regret, just a definitely movie that I changed my opinion on. Right. Um, looking at the comments, we got a few people already joining, uh, uh-huh. to Renee. Uh, she said she never wrote her, uh, her stuff, her stuff, <laughs> keeping it clean. Uh, if you want to ask in the comments, if anybody has a comment to ask while we're going through this, uh, we'll try our best to get through it. We have a kind of a good list already from people who submitted on the Google doc. But, uh, if anybody on the comic board wants to, uh, put in a comment, we'd be more than happy to try to get to that too. Yeah. Um, it was, 
along with Green Book, is there another movie review that comes to your mind that's like, ah, oh, this one's from Mike Ward, where it's basically a similar question is just, you really got that wrong the more you thought about it. Uh, the, the like the I got wrong as far as my feelings on it. Yeah, or like if you kind of went back and went, man, I just had the, a really wrong take on it, or man, you kind of missed the boat on that review. Hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I say that because I Green Book is really one of the only examples where I gave my review, I gave an honest review, mm-hmm. but I liked aspects of the film quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But then I went upon more research and I had somebody kind of call me out on this uh, on Facebook and they were like, oh, so the herd mentality and Mm. blah, blah, I got to you. No, I needed to do more research that I did not do before the movie. And so I did it after the movie and after I had already recorded my review. That is what I think some people need to do is really dig into the research, find out and maybe not just go by that first gut reaction. And that was what I did. Mm-hmm. I came out of the theater, did the gut reaction, then I was like, <laughs> but realistically, that is one of the only ones where I gave it a, a glowing, you know, positive review. Upon reflection and research, the film definitely soured, in, yeah. in my opinion. So, Fair yeah. Fair enough. Um, is there any deal breaker for you to refuse to see a movie? Like, is there a thing? I, I, we've talked about, I know, okay, so... If anybody's listened to a podcast that I've been on, I'm a huge fan of the really bad, really, really bad movies. <laughs> um, and I've I've seen a few that with John where he's like, no, I will refuse to watch that with you. I'm like, come on, John. It's dwarves and there's zombies and there's a dragon. How could, how could it be bad? Mm-hmm. Is there any... Where's the line where it's like, no, nope, I'm not going to watch that? So... <laughs> um, I love animals, <laughs> uh, which is why I do not eat them. Fair enough. Uh any sappy movie with animals, mm. check me out. Nope, done. Is that because you're just going to be a bawling mess at the end of the movie? No, because they're just so just dumb and unoriginal for the most part. So a recent example okay. that I did see was Alpha mm-hmm. uh, about a boy training a wolf to become his best friend. Okay, sure. Uh, I liked aspects of the movie. I actually, I found out that one of the people that I know from Vancouver ended up working on the movies and Mm. it was kind of awkward when I was like, yeah, this was kind of weird. Um, But that movie, I was just like, uh, like I was not, uh, I was not a big fan. But another one was, there's one called like a dog's purpose. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like the, (sighs) and then uh, I think I wrote it down. Um, where was it? Is that the one that they got in trouble with? Oh, the... A Dog's Way Home. Yeah, where like they almost drowned. Or they well, that, that was A Dog's Purpose. Okay. Where like the behind the scenes footage of that was harrowing. And I was watching that being like, this is why I don't watch movies with animals. Like, let the animal, no, ridiculous. But then A Dog's Way Home, basically in a three minute trailer mm-hmm. that I saw before some movie, we literally saw the entire movie. Like we saw like the puppy and then he grows up and then he runs away and then he comes back and... Like, we saw the entire movie in the trailer. I have zero desire to watch movies like that. There is nothing original about it. There is nothing that compels me to watch it. Uh, The flip side is... Okay. The animated versions of those stories. (laughs) Those, like, Isle of Dogs. Sure. That, I was excited to see. I mean, it was Wes Anderson. Mm -hmm. But there was a a difference there. The real life... (laughs) But the puppies, uh, it just, 
Yeah, I just I had zero desire to see those movies. Most rom coms. Yeah. I, I just genuinely try and skip. Uh, there was one, uh, I feel pretty, from last year, <laughs> okay. which looked. I mean, I was offended watching the trailer. Mm. It was a uh, not Amy Ad Amy Schumer. Okay. I think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And okay. she like she bonks her head, and then suddenly is like, "Oh my god, I'm so hot!" When because like she was supposed to be a plus size woman in this, and it was like, "You're not really plus size." Like the message was confidence is sexy, but I saw that I was like, "No," I was like, "I absolutely refused that movie." Uh, there was a Rain Wilson one recently where she kind of got transported into a rom com. Oh yeah, yeah. In the no skip. Hard pass. Fair enough. So, yes. Yeah, so, that genre in general, yeah, hard pass. So, rom-coms, dogs. No, just oh, an animal film. What about a rom-com with dogs? See? And again, we go back to my exception, animated. Fair enough. How to Train Your Dragon 3, a movie about two <laughs> dragons falling in love. I was nearly crying multiple times. Did you see the Pixar short with the dog and the the uh, the puppy and the kitten? And the puppy was like a a bait dog. Oh no! It gets rescued by no. It, oh, it's eight, <laughs> five minutes long, and I was bawling and just watching it. My wife made fun of me. Yeah, as well she should. Yeah, that's fair. Um, do you ever feel speaking of people like you said no uh, uh, that worked on that movie? Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel obliged to give something a good review if you know somebody who made it or if you feel like uh, if they ask you to personally review it? This question is from you know who. So Voldemort <laughs> wants to know. Wow. Thanks. You know who? Uh, I think I know who that is because we were recently talking about something similar. The Dark Lord. Online. Um, that is really tricky because I, I do have quite a few people, especially after doing this for a couple of years, who are fantastic filmmakers. Mm hmm. And every now and then I will get sent a movie before it is released or a rough cut of it just kind of to get my opinion. Sure. And it it gets difficult because they are obviously sending it to me. They respect my opinion uh, and they want a critical eye on it. It is sometimes hard for me to disassociate and be like, OK, this this was either not great or whatever. But what I try and do in those instances is find the positive. Mm -hmm. If I might not like the whole project, I can be like, well, There's reactions there. <laughs> oh, I, 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 like I, I miss those. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. So I try and find the positives in those. Mm -hmm. So I get sent comic books to review. I get sent books to review. I get sent films to review. And it, it is, if I know somebody worked hard on it, because again, one of the other things I try and take into my film criticism is people spend months and sometimes years working on these projects just for a film critic to be like, yeah, well, the CGI was bad and this sucked and this sucked. I try not to do that. Yeah. Have I done it? Yes. <laughs> will I continue to do it? Probably. That's why the million dollar idea of crafted oh. review will never get off the ground. <laughs> right. But I try not to because, again, having a whole podcast that Jed is referencing <laughs> of movies from like October Coast or, or <laughs> Wild Eye Entertainment where it is, or Asylum Pictures, where instead of trans, Classics. instead of Transformers, it is Transmorphers. Classic. Like, I just, if I just had a whole show where it's just blasting movies, people worked on that yeah. for a long time. The actors went there, they did their job, the writers did some of their job. So, yes, to mm. answer the question, it is sometimes difficult to take away that personal element when reviewing something that either, A, I know the people involved, 
or B, I'm going to be interviewing the people involved. It, it does add a little bit of a different element, but I try and remain as neutral as possible. Fair enough. What This is from uh, our good friend Tim. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know a few Tims, but okay. <laughs> I'm assuming this is the Tim we know and love, but it's just listed as Tim. Um, what is like your f- most favorite movies to view, to review? My one of my, so a genre similar how to similar how rom coms is a genre I avoid. Sure, a genre that will almost always make me want to see it are action movies, mm. and not like the super big budget action movies, which are great as well. Like throw a kaiju in there, sold. <laughs> But movies like an upcoming one called Triple Threat, okay. Triple Frontier, Triple Threat with Tony Jaw, Michael Jai White, Scott Atkins. Like, this is like from early 2000s? No, this is now. Like right. It is a brand new movie. <laughs> and so movies like that where it has legitimate martial artists at the peak. Well, okay, Michael Jai White is no longer at the peak of his abilities. But movies Sorry, like Michael. that where it is real kind of combat, real martial arts, those type of action movies will always get me stupidly excited. Fair enough. So, yeah, those comic book movies, of course. Um, I love a good documentary as well. So there's this weird dichotomy of like, <laughs> give me a crazy movie like Ong Bak uh-huh. or The Raid or, Ra- you know, Raid Redemption, Raid 2. Love it. But then, you know, Won't You Be My Neighbor, Mr. Rogers documentary. <laughs> also love that. You're a complicated man, John. I am. I am. <laughs> um. Speaking of movies that you like, comic book action, uh, this one's from Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he basically has a kind of a long preamble, but the the gist of the question <laughs> is, he's curious if the uh, the DC cinematic universe uh-huh. as a whole soured beyond repair for you. <laughs> uh, in your opinion, is it, or in your estimation, excuse me, his words, is it beyond saving? Is it no more? We talked a little bit on the podcast today about uh, the new Suicide Squad movie, mm-hmm. um, but do you think the DC universe, can it recover? Yes. Okay. Um, I love DC, even though in the video feed that you guys are watching, there's a giant Marvel thing behind him, but also to his left, no, nope, uh, right is a bunch of Superman stuff. So I love DC. I have always loved DC. They, nothing is beyond repair. Uh-huh. I, I truly believe that. And especially in a franchise that is so loosely defined right now, mm-hmm. like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is established, defined. 22 movies. DC is still trying to figure out what tone they want, what audience they're going for, what stories they want to tell. That complicates things. And so as much as I am soured with movies like Batman versus Superman and Justice League and Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman was great. Mm-hmm. Aquaman was not. <laughs> um, that sums it up. Yeah. I, I am excited for Shazam mm-hmm. because, again, it looks like they're learning sure. that they need to take a tonal shift. They cannot be the dark and gritty DC entertainment universe or DC right. cinematic universe and the fluffy. They need to balance that out. And so I think that is what they're going to try and do with Shazam. Fair enough. So is it beyond repair? No. Uh, I'm still excited for it. I, I am very nervous sure. for it because I just... I have barely any faith in the films themselves, just based on what we have seen so far. Fair enough. Speaking of, this question is from Beth. Mm-hmm. If you wake up tomorrow as Batman, 
mm-hmm. which I'm not quite sure if that's as Bruce Wayne or just Batman. Uh, what is the first thing you do? Go to therapy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> talk about my issues. Uh, so yeah, bats. <laughs> if I wake up as as Bruce Wayne slash Batman, man, you got to talk to somebody. <laughs> I mean, heal those scars. He needs a hug. He really does. And every woman that he hugs ends up dying. That's fair. So maybe he doesn't. So find a, a neutral third party. <laughs> and I'm a big advocate for mental health for everybody. Find a neutral third party. Talk it out, man. Just just talk it out. Use some of your billions of dollars to maybe do some infrastructure in Gotham City. Maybe punching people in the face. <laughs> right. Less uh, armor. Mm-hmm. More schools. <laughs> Just saying. That's socialism, John. <laughs> My presidential platform as Bruce Wayne. Less armor, more skills. Bruce Wayne 2020. <laughs> Batman 2020. Are you campaign as Batman? No, Bruce Wayne and Batman. It, oh, is, it is a single ticket. Taking off the mask. Oh, oh, wait. Sorry, VP. Which one's yeah. VP? Which one's president? Mm. Most people ignore the VP, so Batman needs to be the VP. Oh, so Bruce Wayne president. Bruce Wayne is the face, because he needs to be the face. Sure. Know. I imagine Batman showing up to the U. Actually, Batman does show up to the UN quite a bit now that I think about it in the comics. But I have Bruce Wayne be the president, and then I want Batman to be the tie vote in the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> I vote yay. Right. Um, have you ever? Let's see. I just had it. Uh, Nicholas asked a question of um, Do you ever had secret hopes of making a film one day? That is an interesting question. Um, so one of the things that I have not really talked about. Is so I have been, I've been in front of the camera for projects. I have been behind the camera as a photographer for various projects. As far as directing my own film, no. Hmm. Um, I I have made short films. I, I have made very very short films for <laughs> different projects that I was um, a part of with triathlons, and it was it was whatever. Hmm. Uh, so I have created video projects like that. I will never call my I, I I would not call myself a filmmaker at all. Even with those little video projects that mm-hmm. I have made, I would be much more interested in being a producer. Okay. And helping somebody create their vision and helping somebody kind of craft their vision. But directing a film, oof. Yeah. That that sounds like a lot of work. I just want to come in and help people. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. If you could uh, this question is from Kristen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could live inside the world of any movie, which one would it be? And why is it Jurassic Park? Why, uh, no, that would be terrible. <laughs> um, I love dinosaurs, but that would be, that would be madness. Oh, I'm there in a second. Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show, I think would, <laughs> would, live in that world. would be a pretty fun world. That would be, uh, um, Eddie ends up dead. <laughs> Well, yeah, but the regular people at the party do not know that. They're just hanging out. And they uh, eat him. No, only certain people did. Fair. Not the members of, not not the party goers, just a select few. Janet, Brad, come on now. <laughs> uh, Hold on real quick. How many times have you performed Rocky Horror, John? If I had to take a guess, a, a pure guess as to how many times I had been on stage or behind, mm-hmm. behind stage for Rocky Horror Picture Show, over 100 Easily. What part? Uh, multiple parts. Uh, I played Riff Raff. What's your favorite? Frankenfurter. Okay, fair enough. I played Dr. Frankenfurter for four years on stage. Uh, loved every bit of it. 
Uh, but there was a time when I, t- I needed to hang up my heels. <laughs> so so all the people out there that want to see John's face, you just got to think back to that uh, Rocky Horror <laughs> Show stage version that you saw. And there's that one freaking for you. Go, oh. Forever ago. <laughs> in some city, somewhere. Um, that would be a fun one. Uh, and in the apocalypse. Okay. I think it would also be a fun one because zombies. Sure. Fun. Musical. Fun. Very much so. Christmas time. Sure. So that that would be an interesting world to live in. Uh, I mean, animated ones would always be interesting. Mm. Like the Batman, the animated series universe mm-hmm. would be fun. It just everybody would be sad. There were only uh, like a few episodes that actually took place during the day. Mm. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse mm. would be an incredible world to live in. It'd be nuts. Yeah. I mean, you have to assume that you're not Spider-Man in that situation. I disagree. And you're just going to be some random <laughs> guy walking in his like, shapes and geometric buildings burst through other buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting, at least. Still down for it. <laughs> Fair enough. Which Spider-Verse would you want to originate from? Uh, Miles. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. yeah, like the the main one that we see in Into the Spider-Verse. Which universe number is that, John? Uh, I'm not sure if they actually gave that specific one a number yet. Because Earth-616 is the regular Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is, I think, 2399 or something. They gave it a number at, at some point. But yes, so there, there are multiple uh, ones out there. But I think that would be a fun world to live in. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, let's see here. What's some good ones? Uh, what? Let's see. Let's see if there, there's any comments. Not yet. But again, welcome all to any people watching live. Um, this is the Ask Me Anything with John, that guy named John, on the about about to review podcast. My name is Jess Jed. I'm just going <laughs> to ask the questions. I could be the face. He doesn't have a face. Nope. <laughs> no it's face. Literally <laughs> a just swirling mass of glowing lights and specks. Mm. Um, or like in a, on the magicians, mm-hmm. uh, the beast. How does a bunch of like butterflies and <laughs> exactly. moths? Yeah. If you look upon him, you do go mad. <laughs> Fair. So let me be a forewarning to all of you. What is, uh, what would be, uh, here's a kind of a random one again from Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your current and all time favorite video game? Uh, the last video game I played, which, cause again, I do not have that much time these days cause I'm in the theater three to four times a week. The last video game I played all the way through was the latest Spider-Man. Okay. For the PS4. All right. Absolutely loved it. Got 100% on it. All of the suits, all of the side missions, all of the pigeons, all of the pictures, everything. Incredible game. Mm -hmm. Like, I really, really enjoyed uh, that game. So, that was really fun. Uh, As far as all time, the God of War series is, is phenomenal. Um. I loved that series when it first came out. I still have yet to play the latest one, mm. which I keep hearing is the best one. Uh, trying to think of other ones that oh the Arkham games yeah for sure the Arkham games are incredible and then a throwback to actually this came out after God of War but Tenshu okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was a stealth assassin Mark game. of the Ninja I loved the Tenshu games they were just I mean again. Have me sneaking around as an ninja with a blowgun. You had the poison rice balls, I remember. Yep. Yep. You had the cow traps. Like it was I love those games. These some of the worst collision detection <laughs> of all time. Because at one point you would be hanging from a rooftop with your sword in your hand as it is shooting up past the roof line and a guard just like walks past it. Nothing to see here. Nope, nope, nope. Well, that was PS 
PlayStation One, right? The fir- yeah, it was the first one was on PlayStation. They did come out with one for Xbox 360. I want to. That might have been the last one. But there's a new game, um, a new uh, feudal Japan one, something Shadow, Shadow of something, that looks that looks phenomenal. So, but yeah, so God of, God of War, Tenshu, and then latest one would be Spider Man for the PS4. Gotcha. So anti rom coms and video games as well for the most part. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, let's see. One of the. Uh, Real basic one from Abby again, our friend Abby. Mm-hmm. How old are you, John? <laughs> old enough to know better than to answer that question. Baboom. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't know. I just I can't tell. <laughs> right. It's impossible. Well, it does all the the moths yeah. and and butterflies on my face. It's just geometric shapes folding inside each other. Um, this is kind of a little bit harder question. It's mm-hmm. made from not really, but they're a fan and support of your work. Um. <laughs> They're, they've been a listener for a couple of years, and they start every episode saying, you have amplifying diverse voices in media, but you almost always have just dudes on the show. <laughs> uh, why is that? And they love the show, by the way. Uh, that is, it is a, a very valid yeah. and, and fair question. So yes, a ma- the main goal of my podcast is to amplify diverse voices in media. One of the, not to get into the behind the scenes too much of... Our local Seattle... How the sausage is made. <laughs> right. Uh, so the Seattle Film Critics Society, we do not have that many members. We are only about three years old at this point. We only have a couple credentialed press members on the Fe- Seattle Film Critics Society who are female. Mm-hmm. It has been very difficult to schedule things. Just based on things, one of them does not do audio mm. medium at all. I have asked her about it, talked to her about it for a year. So it is that is definitely a difficult thing. One thing that I always try and do, though, when I cover comic book conventions, when I cover film festivals, both domestically and internationally, is find those underrepresented voices. Specifically seek out whether I, I'm going to panels, whether I'm going to screenings, for those underrepresented voices and give them a platform to talk about their art. So yes, on, on the regular weekly episodes... It is difficult, not just, I mean, it is difficult to schedule and record and edit and post a weekly episode as it is, but also finding credentialed, you know, press members um, and just other film, female film critics in Seattle who are able to go as many to as many screenings as I do is difficult because a lot of times like, yeah, with having a small group to pull from and there are three movies I need to talk about and some of which have not come out yet. That makes it difficult. So yeah, that is a totally valid question. But I do pride myself on when I go to festivals, when I go to conventions, is giving people that shot, mm-hmm. is letting them tell their story in a way that they might not have ever had before. Um, I've had people on this show who it was their first podcast ever. Uh, both I've had people it was their first English language podcast and first regular podcast. So so yeah, it, valid question. Uh, to who was that? Oh, uh, <laughs> they just said that they they signed it as no, really, I'm a fan of your a fan and supporter of your work. <laughs> Thank you, fan and supporter of of my work. Um, I do want to have more women on the show, mm-hmm. have more diverse voices and representation. Uh, yeah, and I I definitely can work on that in 2019. Uh, and there's a little side project too that has a quite a little bit of a 
Indeed. A little bit more of a gender makeup that we're working on. A little joie de vivre. Yes. Which I do not even know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, yeah, you talk about them being busy and everything. It's like because they're doing something accomplishing. I'm sitting at home literally looking at my phone just waiting for John to text me to go, hey, I, you know, would you like to come over (laughs) to a podcast? And like, yes, please. I need to leave this house. The cats are scaring me. Um, uh, Let's see. Where is it? Another quick question. Oh, uh, if you could go back and change like one thing, if you like knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. go back and change the one thing about your podcast from the beginning, what would it be? This question is by J- uh, Jason. Um, what If I could change one thing, it would really be preparation. Mm. When I first started, I literally had no idea what I was doing. I went from listening to podcasts to producing a podcast without knowing anything. I watched some YouTube videos. Um, I talked to my friend Brandon at the time who helped him out with some of the editing on those early ones. I had no idea what an RSSS feed and that I needed a podcast provider. Well, it sounds for really scary snakes. Uh, yes. <laughs> there are a bunch of those. Uh, I had no idea yeah, that I needed a podcast hosting company like Blueberry, who I have been using since the very beginning. So really just preparation. I encourage everybody who wants to do a podcast to do it. Like, just to get in there and do it. But know what you are doing ahead of time. Because <laughs> I really did not. I was, like, putting together my logo at the last minute, mm-hmm. getting all the social media stuff. Like, I launched without having a plan. And so with my next project, whatever that might be, mm-hmm. there will already be a plan in place. Yeah. So, because, yeah, planning a weekly podcast from the beginning, not knowing what I was doing, was super stressful. Now it is stressful because now it is, like, Oh, now we need to keep doing it. <laughs> the ball's rolling. Right. But then I just, I really had no idea what I was getting into. And thank you for answering that, uh, inviting Jedediah onto the podcast. I appreciate that mm-hmm. sentiment yeah. for just avoiding that <laughs> answer. <laughs> um, so one of your kind of, I guess, side offshoots from About to Review is mm-hmm. About to Interview. Right. Um, who would you be your like top pick to do an auto, uh, About to Interview uh, with? Like, who would be that, like, the big catch for you? The person who has been at the top of my list that I have wanted to interview since I was a child. And why is it Idris Elba? Uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> that I have wanted to interview since I was a kid. Uh-huh. And now I actually have a platform to do it. So I have, I really want to make it happen. LeVar Burton. Hmm. I have been looking up to LeVar Burton since I was a kid. He has been at the top of my about to interview list. He came to Seattle last year. I talked to his publicist. And I was like, hey, this is who I am. I'm going to be at the show. And she was like, I'm not sure he will have time. After the show, I went down, met her. And I was like, hey, we emailed back and forth. She was like, yeah, he's just, he's not going to be able to do it. I might be able to, you know, get you in touch with somebody. And then it just died. Mm. Then it went nowhere. Huge bummer. Uh, But yeah, LeVar Burton. Were you dressed as Jordy at the time? I will neither confirm nor (laughs) deny that statement. Um. But yeah, so LeVar Burton is up there. Uh, Dr. Mae Jameson okay. uh, has also been on my list since I was like a little kid. Uh, Ruth Carter as well. So there are a few, but for sure, LeVar Burton, top of my list. Gotcha. Um, related, who would be the dream co-host of an About to Review? <laughs> I feel single... like this is a trick question. <laughs> if they did an About Review session, who would be the... I mean, you already have... Obviously, the best co-host for about to review. There it is. There you go. Uh, but who would be your like dream co-host to bring him on for an about to review podcast or episode? Uh, Kevin Smith. Yeah, is the first person right. to kind of come to mind. Okay, 
Uh, he was one of the first podcasts I started listening to. I've been watching his movies since they pretty much came out. Uh, I met him backstage at New York Comic Con okay. uh, last year. Gave him a big hug. Definitely shorter than I thought he was. Huh. I am taller than him, and I am not a very tall man. No, again, swirling massive butterflies, but it's about like... Four foot six. Yeah, about there. <laughs> uh, so like he was very he compact. was exactly what you thought he would be. Hmm. Like, I, I was like, I was like, hey, Kevin, I'm a huge fan of work. And he was like, oh, thanks, man. He was like, give me a big hug. So I had the chance on that. I was like right there. And I was like, hey, I'm just setting up to do some interviews, but I would love to have you on the show and interview you if, if you have some time. And he was like, yeah. He was like, are you going to be around? I was like, yeah. And then I went into an interview. He was busy with IMDb doing their interviews. And that was it. Never went anywhere. But as a, just a, a co-host, like on an episode, Kevin Smith would be amazing. Sure. So, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, what would be, what's your number one movie that you're looking forward to right now, this upcoming year? Like, is there a movie out there on the horizon that you're like, that's the one I want to see? Two, like, two that just popped into my head as you're saying that. Yeah. Avengers Endgame. I was going to say, and Avengers Endgame doesn't count. <laughs> okay, so, the, the, like, the second movie that came into my came into my mind, maybe because of what we were talking about earlier. Sure. Tolkien. They're oh, doing a biopic okay. yeah. with Nicholas Holt playing J.R.R. Tolkien. Super excited for that movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that one comes out, I think, pretty soon yeah. also. So that, I mean, I am excited for that. The trailer was great because his life, J.R.R. Tolkien's life, is incredible. So, yeah, that could be really interesting. So, yeah, I would say that and Endgame. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Both very soon. Yeah. Pretty soon. Um. Not a whole lot of questions left. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's like, uh-huh, where are you going to? Uh, I just blanked on what I was going to ask. <laughs> uh, gonna... You would think you have a list of questions right in front of you. <laughs> yeah, I have a, a list of questions. I mean, we can. there's a few of them. Uh, bu- 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 bu. Is there anybody out there that you still... Um, if you're looking for Tolkien, is there anybody out there actor-wise that you would want to talk to? Like any actors or are you looking more filmmakers? Is that kind of, I mean, filmmakers, I mean, yes, I, I will, as anybody who has seen me on the film festival circuit, I will talk to anybody, actors, directors, producers, cinematographers. Mm-hmm. I find the craft of filmmaking infinitely fascinating. Mm. And every aspect of filmmaking has their own view on it, has their own opinions, has their own obviously role that they play in creating that art. But just the, yeah, the act of filmmaking is fascinating. So I will talk to anybody kind of associated with it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Kind of the f- well, penultimate question. Mm. Well, is there any other kind of what's next for About to View? Like, what's your next big steps? What's your big goals? So 2019. 2019. New year, new you. So one of the things that I definitely am focusing on in 2019 is going to more festivals and giving people, like I said before, giving people those opportunities to talk about their art on this platform. It is amazing to me how many festivals I have been to where I'm like, hey, I saw your film. I would love to interview you. And they are surprised. And they're like, Mm -hmm. no one's asked me that before. And so I want to keep continuing to give people those experiences because art is amazing. These films are incredible, whether it is, and I coming up is Emerald City Comic Con. Sure. 
So I will be talking to some independent comic book creators and things like that, where if I see their art and it is interesting and fascinating, I will gladly put a mic in front of their face. <laughs> so in 2019, definitely more opportunities like that. Mm -hmm. There are some bigger festivals that I want to try and get to this year, like TIFF mm -hmm. uh, in Toronto, VIF in Vancouver. I don't think I'm going to be able to do just because of scheduling. Mm -hmm. Uh, I might be applying for press credentials for the Venice Film okay. Festival, <laughs> um, just just to see, maybe. <laughs> hey, why not? You missed hundred percent shots you don't take, right? Right. So, but yeah, so continuing to give those opportunities, and I'll I also am branching out and creating some other content that I definitely will be talking about on future episodes. Uh, but yeah, that is a totally different creative pursuit. Fair. So yeah. Yeah, so 2019 is going to be a very interesting year for for the About to Review podcast as well as kind of ATR media in general. Very cool. Uh, cycling back around a little bit with the Green Book conversation, mm -hmm. going into Diverse Voices, you know, we talked, you've been vocal about Green Book. Yes. Is there a movie out there that is a, a person of color that you want to, that people might not know about, that you're like, this movie people should see? You know, what is that movie to you? Like, it, I mean, that gets it right, I guess. Oh, oof. <laughs> I know. Heady question. Um, I mean, a film like The 13th, uh -huh. you know, Ava DuVernay, where it talks about basically institutionalized slavery mm -hmm. and the for profit prison system. It is a documentary and it is a brutal documentary, but it is about a situation that so many people do not know is happening. And they might think about it oh, this happened. Back in the day when you would see chain gangs on the side of the highway. Sure. And today. Right. Like, and happening right now. So it is about prison reform. It is a super heavy topic, but that nails it. Yeah. Like, that really, yeah, was just brutal. 13th referring to the 13th Amendment. Exactly. Yeah. So that was really good. Um, another film from actually that same year, uh, Fences. Mm. That one punched me in the gut multiple times because it is a story of just about family and togetherness. And I, I've talked about it on episodes before any movie with a father son dynamic is, is going to get to me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, fences was just really solid in that one of the criticisms with it is that it looks like a play, Yeah, which it does. It is filmed that way. It is staged that way, but it is an incredibly powerful piece of filmmaking. So yeah, those two, if people are looking for something, from a couple of years ago, uh, The Hate You Give hmm. uh, recently was also really solid. So I would say those, yeah, those all kind of do it right <laughs> in that way. Right. <laughs> all right. And I think just to finish this off, mm -hmm. the question that I saw on Facebook more than anything else um, <laughs> is when will we ever see your face? Um, will we ever see your face? Uh, yes. Oh. Uh, I do think in 2019, because of some goals that I have in 2019, uh, I have a goal, and I'm putting it out there now. Fair enough. To do a live show. All right. Like an actual, like, get to a theater, maybe like Central Cinema mm -hmm. or Northwest Film Forum, and do a live podcast. To do that, mm -hmm. uh, I probably am going to need to be seen, <laughs> and not just the wizard behind the curtain. We can work things out. I, you know, I'm a theater technician. We can come up with so a few just things. Smoke and mirrors, yeah. Uh, so, yes, 
I I believe in 2019, I will be unmasked. Uh, and he is Iron Man. <laughs> right. So I, but again, it it is all part of kind of the bigger things that I want to do in 2019 because I totally realize being anonymous has its amazing benefits. Yeah. But I do also recognize that it can be a detriment because almost every time I apply for press credentials, I will get some sort of response like, hey, we looked for you and could not really find anything. So it always kind of takes some explaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So from 2019, I will not say look forward to seeing my face because, <laughs> ew. Yeah, you're not missing much. Again, um, madness staring into the abyss, right. all that good stuff. Butterflies, yeah. moths. We've covered this already. Um, Unending actually, pain, sorrow, screaming of just, un- <laughs> just echoing screams. Just hear it constantly in your head now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see a really good The Beast cosplay from the magicians. <laughs> okay. That actually, like, it, I will show it to you. Like, it had this headpiece that had just piece of butterfly. Like, that might actually be pretty cool. That is it. So. Ha- have any, has anybody ever recognized you? Like, just through your voice? No. No. Um, so much so that a listener who. Oh, yeah. Has been listening for a while did not know that I was sitting right across from them. Well, she, um, did she, she recognized. I think it was me or somebody, wasn't it? Or she said something, or it was a Tim. Maybe? No, this was this was at Rose City Comic Con. Yeah, okay. Um, and yeah, I was at the table with some friends, talking, and she did not realize it. And then, like, when I was exposed, then she got really upset and thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and she was just like, "Oh, oh, uh, right, oh, what a oh. letdown." <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, when I go to film festivals in Vancouver, okay. Sometimes, inevitably, somebody will, like, either my friend Nicholas or Anna or somebody will be like, hey, this is John. Like, grab me and, like, introduce me to somebody. Mm-hmm. And they might be like, oh, that's what you look like. Because <laughs> we will be friends on Facebook or connected in some way. I expected more nose. So, or a fedora, which I still do not have. I really should get one of those. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> but, yeah. So, so uh, that. Yeah. So, 2019. You should not get a fedora for the record. <laughs> why, did they, why did they get ruined? Uh, I, I blame my people. A lot. <laughs> I'll, take the, I'll take the hit on that one. Fair. Just add that to the list. <laughs> I like it. Cool. So is that is that about it? I think that's about it. Um, yeah. Thank you very much, John. Thank you to everybody out there who asked questions, who watched the live stream. Um, I'll turn it over to you to say goodbye. Uh, yeah, so definitely. So check this out. This will be on this week's episode of the About to Review podcast. So dropping uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. So yeah, thank you again for everybody watching. And yeah, we will see you next time. So thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode. We did the uh, About to not about to, we did the about to review guys yeah we did the show we, <laughs> we done did the about to review we did that and we didn't about to interview and we didn't ask me any about things <laughs> right so getting to know you slash ask me anything uh that video is on facebook so i will see if i can kind of download that and then repost that a little bit later this week also on this episode i talked about triple frontier which i gave a good to it is a beautifully shot film about brotherhood and friendship that does not delve into the rah-rah America tropes, which I'm very glad about. Uh, I gave a good to Russian Doll, the Natasha Leone Netflix show that is Groundhog's Day with a twist. Uh, Jed is going to finish it soon, and then he will probably give it a good as well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you just gotta sit home and do some Netflix and chill. Yep, (laughs) that sounds like a plan. 
Uh, and then Jed, anything uh, you got coming up on in your wheelhouse? Oh no, everything or steer wheel. Oh, everything is a crazy, crazy thing right now in the circus. <laughs> that is totally fair. There's always things up in the air. Yeah, literally. Yeah, hey, that's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. As for upcoming things for this podcast, for the About to Review podcast, uh, look forward to a review of Triple Threat. That will be coming out soon. This weekend is Emerald City Comic Con, so I will be there all of the days. Uh, for Well, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I might try and sneak in a little bit on Thursday. So I will be at the con. I will be going to some of the after parties. I will be interview, interviewing creators and artists. So if you have somebody that is an artist that I might not know about or a comic book creator that you really think needs some exposure and wants to talk about their art, hit me up, let me know, at About to Review on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and get us connected. Because, yeah, I love talking to creators. And then at the end of the month, uh, I will be attending the Vancouver Badass Film Festival. So I will be heading back up to Vancouver. Super excited about that. So in the meantime, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your podcast platform of choice. It is listed everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Apple, 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 <laughs> the app. <laughs> We've had some rum. Uh, <laughs> Google Google Pod, Google Podcasts. I almost said Google Stitcher. Google. So if you Google Stitcher. Stitcher and then go to Stitcher. And go to Stitcher <laughs> and put about to review. Uh, it is there. And then, yeah, follow on Facebook. Follow on social media <laughs> at wow. about to review on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, yeah, so thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for joining the live stream. It was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely, I think we could do that again if yeah. Jed wants to uh, be the, the face. Oh, I will um, always be your face, John. I don't know <laughs> that, that seems means. weird. That's just awkward. Uh, and yeah, so thank you, Jed, for, for being the guinea pig for that little project. You're welcome. And yeah, so that wraps it up for this episode of the About to Review podcast. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.